Ezekiel. Ezekiel chapter 22. We'll start a reading there in verse 30. Ezekiel chapter 22 verse 30. I want us to see a drastic time for a nation. I mean it's a horrible time for a nation. This nation had gotten into the place to where uh, people were stealing from those that were not as fortunate as them. It was a time that was filled with lies and deceiving, trying to get on personal gain. No one was concerned about anyone else but themselves. It was a time when the priest was uh, trying to rob and steal. It was a time, as the Word of God tells us, that there were many unclean in a terrible shape. Ezekiel chapter 22, starting there in verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me or before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for the week that you've given us. Lord, I pray that you've been pleased with our actions this week as we went out to tell others of Christ, to change their lives, Lord, to love on them, to care for them. Lord, I'm thankful that you watched and cared over all that participated in this. I'm thankful for those that served in it, those that have given to it, those that have prayed over it. And now for this day that we have set aside in our nation is Father's Day. Lord, I pray that you would bless us in your word this morning. Move on us as only you can, that the Holy Spirit would work as only he can, examining each and every heart, leading and guiding, convicting and drawing. Thank you for your word this morning. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask it. Amen. So in this passage of Scripture, I believe the subject of this, I believe the definition of this is it's God give us a man. Really, that's what it's calling for. He said he searched for a man. The one that would make up the hedge, one that would stand in the gap before him and the Lord. He's saying, give me a man is what God's asking in this passage of Scripture. In Ezekiel's day, a godly nation had grown so sinful a strong nation had became weak. People were flocking to idolatry. Uh, they were seeking the things of the world instead of the things of God. They were just concerned with themselves. They were just concerned with all the things the world had to offer them. And whatever it took, whomever it hurt, whatever they destroyed to get it, they had take it. They had forsaken the worship of Jehovah. We know that righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. If you back up and read through this chapter, I'm going to tell you it looks just like America. Looks just like America with all the selfishness, with all the greed, with all the lack of love and concern for those that are not as fortunate as us. 
and then the hearts of many that will say, you know what, I'm not going to do nothing. I'll let someone else give it to me. This sense of entitlement that America has today that I won't do one thing. Somebody owes me something. You just give it to me. We see that's the way it was with Ezekiel's time. And God said, I sought for a man among them. Just one. He didn't say man. He said, I sought for a man among them. This morning is Father's. I believe we should pray for ourselves. And I'm going to show you some things that I believe we desperately need in America today. We should pray for ourselves, daddies. We should be praying for ourselves that God would uh, impress upon our hearts exactly what he would have us to be and he'd give us the strength and the power to carry it out. First of all, in this passage of Scripture, we see that God is looking for a courageous man. God uh, makes us courageous men and without God, you and I will have no courage. It's spiritual matters. He's looking for a courageous man. Look there again. It says, and I sought for a man among them. And look what he said. That should make up the hedge. What's that mean? That should make up the hedge. What will this courageous man look like? Well, I can tell you. He'll make up the hedge. Well, what's that about? He'll make up the hedge. Let me tell you what it is. That's that man that when all of Satan's artillery is pointed towards the home, his home, when all of Satan comes down upon his children, when Satan's trying to destroy all of his life, take everything that is truly precious to him, his family, that he will stand up and say, by God's strength, by God's power, you can't have them, they're mine to oversee. And I'll stand as a hedge, I'll build a wall. And I'll stand the wall with you and defend them. Today we look and we see our teenagers going astray. We see uh, uh, five-year-old children that run the household. There's a problem there. It's time for men to step up and be the men that God expects them to do. And it won't always even be popular in your home. But we are to find the will of God for our lives. We are to stand the hedge and protect all that's under that roof. That's the hedge he's looking for. That's the hedge that he says, where's a man? If I can find one, I need one man that'll stand and make up the hedge. Well, how's that going to happen? How's that going to happen? Well, I'm going to tell you. You're going to have to build your home on the rock, which is Jesus Christ, and subsequently is the word. We're going to have to build our home on the basis of what God says, not what this world tells you to be. The old saying, it takes a village to raise a child is a bald-faced lie. God's Word said, I put a man there, I put a daddy there, I put a mother there, a woman there, and they're to have children, bring them up, train them in the ways of the Lord, and when they're old, they won't depart from it. It's no village involved in that. It's a godly man and a godly woman raising godly children. That's what it takes to be a home. But that home will have to be based in the Word of God, on God's Word. Not what a psychiatrist will tell you over here somewhere. Not what 
help you can find on the internet. Not a book that you can find in any bookstore. It's time for God's people to stop looking, daddies to stop looking on the best way to raise our children and just get in the Word and get your life right with Him and He'll work out the rest of it. You see, this home needs to be built on God's Word. But secondly, what's this man going to look like, this courageous man? He will teach his children honesty and godliness. How's he going to do that? Brother Ricky, he's going to live that way. How's he going to teach his children to be honest? So he's going to teach his children to be godly. He's going to live that life before them. You've missed it if you think that I'm going to bring my child to Sunday school and teach them how to live. Praise God for Sunday school. God blesses our children being in Sunday school. Well, I'm going to let him go to children's church and they're going to help him in there. Praise God, he will get uh, Bible lessons in there. He will learn about Jesus Christ. But if you have forsook putting him and teaching him by your godly example of what God would have him and that child to be, you've missed it. The story was told about Jesse and Frank James as they were young children. Their daddy was a Baptist minister before he died and his mother, their mother remarried. One of those boys stole a dog, a white dog. They get the dog home. News got out that the man they stole it from started to look for the dog. Frank and Jesse's daddy, instead of once he found out that the dog was stolen, that he didn't want that shame to come upon his children, he went and got some black paint. He painted spots on the dog. Look what they were. The way our children are taught, the way our children are trained, to be godly children and honest children is the example in which they see you live, Daddy. Oh, that's tough, isn't it, Brother Chuck? Oh, that's tough. Oh, it's lots easier, though. We see today that somewhere along the line that our country has thought, you know what, parenthood ain't that big a deal. You know why I say that? Because not many are being one. These houses that we visited in, most of them are fatherless. It is not an easy job to be the father God would have you to be. Most of the problem with our uh, children and our teenagers today is a result of without a father in the home. Now let me say this, there may be a man there, but is he a father in the home? Has he built that house upon a rock? Has he built it upon the word of God? Has he taught his children and t uh, trained his children by his example of how to be honest and godly? But also we see in here for this all to, to lay out, for, to find this courageous man, what he'll look like. He's going to be faithful to worship God at church. Can't miss that ingredient in it. There's going to be an importance about the Lord's day in his life. There's going to be an importance that we're to get to church. That's where God told us to be on that glorious getting up morning that's been set aside for us, that Sabbath when Christ arose. And God put that aside and said, this is the day you will set aside to worship me. 
Not if something else is going on, get there. Not if you feel okay. The excuse has come along and somewhere we've, we've bought into, well, if you just don't feel good enough to go to church, don't worry about it, but you're going to have to get up and go to work in the morning with the same sickness. Have we missed that somewhere? Well, let's not forsake the going to church. Let's not forsake the going to church. Daddies in the home. Let's not forsake it. Men, daddies, if you have a daughter, would you not just love to sit down and write out everything that the, uh, the man your daughter marries will be? Would you not like to have that? Opportunity. If you just have sons, would you not like the opportunity to sit down and write out the daughter-in-law that you would like to have? That would be a great blessing, wouldn't it? I'm going to tell you what. Me and your daughters will marry something that looks just about like you on the inside. Because that's all she's ever been told. Trained and shown. So how does it look? Would you pick yourself to be the husband of your daughter? Had a man come to me one time. He told me what he didn't feel is wrong to do with his wife. I'm not going to argue with him. The Holy Spirit can't convict him in it. I can't do anything with him. But I told him, I said, well, I'll tell you what you do. You go home and write down everything that you would expect your daughters to marry, and you live like the man you just wrote out. And I'm going to tell you, those things you just said are not going to be on your list to marry your daughter. Live your life like that. Men, in the home, your son will treat his wife the way you treat his mother. Your fault if it goes wrong. Your responsibility, and you believe God will make you answer for it. Oh, you're carrying that a little too far, preacher. No, no, I'm not. The word. But also, this courageous man, what will he look like? He will serve God in the marketplace, in everyday life. Well, now, I'm going to get my boys up, children up on Sunday, and I'm going to make sure they're at Sunday school. We may be running 15 minutes late, but that's no big deal. We're going to get there, and I'm going to carry them to church. We're going to leave church, and then we're just going to forget the whole thing. And I'm going to act however I want the remainder of the week before. I'm going to tell you what a courageous man does. This courageous man, he'll build his family. He'll build his home upon the Word of God. He will train his uh, uh, children in the ways of honesty and godliness by his example. He'll be faithful to worship in God's house on Sunday. He'll serve God in the marketplace. He'll look the same Sunday morning in Sunday school as he looks Tuesday morning at work. Showing those around him that he loves Jesus. That's a courageous man. But then also we see that we need God to make us church men. 
praise God for godly women that have kept Baptist churches going. Praise God for them. To step up when everybody else would just lay down, when all the men are not concerned. Praise the Lord that godly women stepped up and say, I'll just have to step in the gap. I'll just have to fill the role because no one else will. Look there with me in verse 30. And I sought for a man among them that should make up a hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land. Stand in the gap. God make us church men that will stand in the gap. That daddy. That will say I know what all your class is doing. I know what everybody else in Monticello is doing. But son I tell you what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ in this house. And we're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ out of this house we're going to look godly the way God expects his children to look and we're going to do with everything we can we're going to get on the battlefield and our life will be consumed with the, uh, trying to win this lost world to Jesus Christ where else is your child going to get that from daddies God make us church men have you ever used the excuse Man, I just don't have time. Or have you ever heard that expression, though, you cannot make me believe that you haven't heard it or used it. I just don't have time. Well, that's been an excuse for being too long. It's been an excuse for being too long, saying I just don't have time. But we still fish, still hunt, still golf, still go plant gardens. We keep up the yard, visit friends, and watch ball games. We just don't have time. Just don't have the time to be that church man. You know the problem is not too few of hours in a day. The problem's not too few of hours in a week. Now you won't know what the problem is. The problem, and this is a word I didn't like when the Lord laid this on my heart, so I don't like this word. You know what the problem is with me? Weakness in who I am. I don't believe there's one man in this room likes to be called weak, would you? But how's God viewed? Weakness is the problem. You know what the problem truly is? The problem is a weak heart to serve anything except ourselves. The problem is we're too weak need to stay in prayer as we should for our families and then we wonder why everything fell apart. The weakness is in our hands that we'll never lift them up to help one lost soul, to help one needy person because I don't have time to do it. problem is weak eyes that we don't have a vision in serving Christ and doing anything. You see, we lack the appetite for spiritual things. Two little boys went to the dentist. Two brothers. The oldest brother was done, one doing the talking. He walked in, told the dentist, said, we're going to need to get a tooth pulled today. And he said, I don't want anything for pain, anything else. 
Uh, we ain't got time to take those shots. I just want you to reach in there, pull the tooth out because I'm a man. I can take it. Dennis was very impressed with the young man. Just going to have the tooth pulled out, no pain medicine of what any type. He said, well, son, show me the tooth. He looked at his little brother and said, show it to him. I believe we've looked just like that too long. As long as it don't cost me anything, i got a way that I want it to be planned out. I know what I want my church to look like. I have an idea of what everything I'd like to see in my church. Many men want others to pay the price of being disciplined and serve God. They're in a hurry to get back to playing and let someone else do it. They have an idea that I want our Sunday school to look like this, our nurseries to look like this, worship to look like this. I want our VBS to be this. I want to see us do mission project and won't lift one finger to carry it out so they can get back to playing. What's our family like? You boil it all down. You can think a job may be all of it. You may think your friends are all of it. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with any of them. I tell you what, you lose your family, you've lost everything almost. You've lost it all completely. What is your family worth? see God's looking for courageous men God wants to make us courageous but also not only does he want to make us courageous he wants to make us church men look at the last part how horrible this is and I hope that be not our case this morning and I sought for a man among them that should make up the hedge and stand in the gap before me for the land that I should not destroy it but I found none. Who are you this morning, Daddy? I know we would all love to lift our heads up, poke our chest out, say, oh yeah, I'm a man. But are you a God courageous man? Are you a God church man? Are you the daddy God expects you to be? Remember, there's a lot of people that have fathered children, right? But there's way fewer fathers there. Who are you today? Lord, help us as God wouldn't look through this crowd and say, I found none. Didn't find any. They're not there. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you for this time that we've had in your house. We thank you for your moving upon your people. Lord, I pray that you'd move during this time of invitation, that you reach out as only you can. Lord, I have no expectation or any knowledge of how you need to move. But I know you do. I pray you'd use your words this morning change me to change lives to change families 
do as only you can do with us this morning. It's in Jesus Christ's name I ask.